The following is a sample of Death by Cliché by Bob Defendi. Since the last sample, our heroes have left the perilous dungeon, found a place to drink, and spent the night. Because, of course, they're getting their next adventure in this bar. Chapter 13 Where's my thesaurus? Bob Defendi. D'Amico's mind filled with dreams. This is typically the point in the novel where one of two things happen. Either I put in a dream I pass off as real life, tricking you into thinking something horrible is happening in a cheesy bait-and-switch, or else I toss out a dream full of deeper meanings and symbolism laying out the deeper, I need a better word, darker meanings of this entire narrative. This narrative has no deeper, damn it, darker meaning. During D'Amico's dream, he wandered through a palace made of corn chips, the tapestries and paintings woven from old report cards. The furniture was all naked women posed into living chairs, and in the background his drunken grandmother sang a torch song. Keep your opinions to yourself, Dr. Freud. Sleep had felt good, it felt right. It felt exactly how sleep was supposed to feel, all sleepy and restful and such, which wasn't surprising, he supposed. D'Amico had to inhabit a character of some kind, didn't he? Character in games and stories needed to sleep just like anyone else. The human characters, at any rate. So D'Amico had slept a solid night's sleep, although in the real world, Carl had probably said something like, You sleep that night. The next morning... That next morning, D'Amico woke alone, got dressed, and headed downstairs. Everyone else was gathered around the corner table, Gorthander working on a beer, Omar and Ladiana drinking juice. From the smell, the juice was about seven proof down the road to hard cider. I'm afraid it's too late. Latiana gave him a knowing look that probably had more to do with the night before than the current events. Omar scowled. What's that mean? It means my nose has given up on this tavern completely. Gorthander barked a laugh and fished a piece of bacon out of his beer, chewing on it absently. Latiana smiled a smile more knowing, good grief, than humorous. Omar just scowled. Oh, hell, I wrote the entire last couple chapters and forgot about Arithian. Arithian came down the stairs just then, and I planned that. Honest. He sat at the table, strumming his new magical mandolin. He sat, and his eyes darted about as if he were hiding something. There he, uh, you know, sat. After a time, they rose from the table and moved to the front door. Barmaid Barbie waved at them as they walked across the room, and the tavern owner nodded in their direction. They almost made it outside. But an old man in a long, drab-colored robe appeared in the door. The robe was old and tattered. The man's head was bald and shiny as if he polished it in a bowling alley. His beard hung long and tucked into his belt. It's said that the nose never stops growing. If that's true, this man was a thousand years old. "'Here we go,' D'Amico said." He put a hand on Ladiana's shoulder, and she smiled knowingly. Oh, dear God. What do you want, old man? Omar asked. Doom! The old man shouted. Mm, you know, that didn't do it. Let's read it with more oomph. Doom! Uh, still not enough. Picture a crazy old hag pointing and bellowing in a bad fantasy film. Then crank up the volume until your ears bleed. Doom! Come on. Really frightened the dog. Doom! The neighbor's dog. Doom! That's the stuff. 
The tavern owner jumped. Barmaid Barbie gasped and covered her mouth with her hand. Pretty good, sir, Arithian said. Doom! The old man shouted again. Is this going to go on a while? D'Amico asked. Doom! The old man bellowed, shaking the rafters. I'm going to sit down, D'Amico said. Ladiana sat next to him, scooting her chair in close. Omar and Gorthander joined them. Really, grandfather, Arithian said. Dom! Oh, well, Arithian said and took a seat. Dom! For this bar, the old man shouted, his voice creaking like the hips of a hundred grandmothers. Dom! For those people! Dom! For you all! Dom! For the entire world! Dom! I think I've seen this scene in a movie somewhere, D'Amico said. Princess Bride? Ladiana asked. No, that was Boo. The Tick? Spoon! Maybe... Dom! We better pay attention to him, D'Amico said. He's trying, the old man said. Yes, he is. He's trying, and he will find it. He will find it unless you stop him. He will find it unless you find it first. And where is this magical artifact? D'Amico asked, skipping several pages in the script. How do you know it's a magical artifact? Latiana asked. It's always a magical artifact, D'Amico said. Blame Tolkien. Dom! Ah, hell, I think I hit his reset button. Dom! For this village! Dom! For this nation! Dom! For every living thing! Dom! Who brings this doom, good sirrah? Arithian asked. Heraldoff? Oh, good grief. There's someone in this world named Heraldoff? D'Amico asked. He is the overlord. He rules the world. He rules the world, and now he's going to destroy it. Well, of course, D'Amico said. With a name like Heraldoff, he couldn't have had a very good childhood. He's seeking it! The old man wailed, pacing back and forth, wringing his hands. He smelled like a locker room after a marathon on the surface of the sun. He's looking and looking, but he hasn't found it! The old man's eyes rolled. He's seeking! What? D'Amico asked. Doom! The old man said. Omar ordered a beer. Doom for the kiddies! Doom for the puppies! Doom for the babies and the mothers and the sisters! You think he's going to do the whole phylum? D'Amico asked. Doom! They were just getting around to lunch when the old man got to the point. By then, Omar and Gorthander compared their new axes, and D'Amico and Ladiana had moved in close and talked about their favorite films. The artifact is hidden, the old man said. Oh, here we go, D'Amico said, paying attention again. Gorthander and Omar didn't notice, so D'Amico said, Gorthander, convenient plot exposition man is getting to the point. It's hidden, and he's looking for it. Search beyond the swamp of despair. Search past the mountains of fell ruin. Search in the heart of darkness itself, the old man said. Is there a bus tour? D'Amico asked. The old man shouted, then his eyes rolled back in his head, and he fell over, dead. The silence rang like a giant bell, the kind of bell that's big and, you know, 
bell-like. Hmm, Grothander said. My ears hurt. D'Amico stood up. Shall we? We have to go past the swamp of fear or whatever. Omar and Gorthander looked at each other. Then Gorthander said, Sure, why not? They stood. Oh, good friends, I feel we are about to embark on a grand quest of darkness and honor, of nobility and tears, of Erythian said. Don't you start, D'Amico said. He offered Ladiana's hand, and she took it, putting her hand in his. They walked to the door, stepping over the convenient plot exposition man. The corpse's tongue lolled out. They stepped to the door. So, the world's going to be destroyed, huh? Gorthander asked. Yep, D'Amico said. Good thing we were in that bar. It is. Sounds like a good disaster to break on. It does. This has been the last sample of Death by Cliché. To find out what happens next, go to Amazon, Audible, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are sold.